Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He dies, touchdown, 49ers. Welcome to another edition of the No Huddle Podcast presented by 49ers Web Zone. I'm Al Sacco along with my co-host, St. Nakfi. Got another great show lined up today. We're going to be talking with 49ers rookie defensive back Adrian Colbert and Zane. We're also going to break down the secondary. Yeah, it's a really interesting group. And there's there's so much talent in the in the defensive backfield now. And they went from a year ago to just barely being able to get bodies on the field with injuries and everything to a really, really talented potential filled group at at cornerback. And they're all big, which is which is awesome. And, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, they're big, and they're also a very, very young group, especially at the cornerback position. So it's going to be a good discussion as, as we take a closer look into maybe what you can expect this season and on the back end of the defense. But first, I'm excited to have him on. Let's welcome in, in our guest, Adrian Colbert. And joining us now is the seventh-round pick in the 2017 draft, the final pick of the 49ers this year, the pride of Mineral Wells, Texas, and the number 10-ranked safety coming out of high school in Texas. He had 22 tackles and one interception last year with nine passes defense. We have from the U, the University of Miami, defensive back Adrian Colbert. Adrian, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Doing well, thanks. And Adrian, are you, are, you, are, you, are you in the Bay right now or are you, are you in Texas? Where are you at right now? I'm back, I'm back in Miami. I'm a, I actually came back and trained to train where, um, where I trained for Combine Pro Day. Yeah, and, and um, I mentioned that you're from Mineral Wells, Texas, and I was, I was doing some research on that. And it, it's a town of less than 20,000 people. What's it like to kind of go from that to being drafted by the 49ers and coming to the Bay Area? Well, I mean, originally I'm from Wichita Falls, Texas, which is, which is probably about 200,000. And then uh, I, went to, I went to UT, so I was, in a, I was in a really big town, in a big town of Austin. So I'm, I'm kind of used to being around a, a lot of people. It wasn't, it wasn't a really big, it wasn't a big change for me. Great. And it's a sense that you played safety at Texas, um, but you switched positions to cornerback after transferring to Miami. And it looked like a smooth transition for you on the field, for anybody that's seen, seen your highlights and anybody who hasn't, I, I recommend them definitely to check it out. And was it as seamless as it appeared or did it take you a while to get kind of comfortable? Uh, it, really, it really took a lot of time and effort to get comfortable. Like, I mean, like even that whole spring before I came to Miami, I was working a lot on change of direction at, at, in like a zone, in like a zone sprint. Because I mean, in the, in the safety position, you're usually in the back pedal, or if you're in the box, you're shuffling. But as far as being a corner, you're, 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 you're playing down on the line and you're in a, like, sometimes you're in a zone turn for, for in a zone uh, sprint for a bail. Then, other than that, man, it, it's just it's just a lot of different technique that went into learning corner for me. But it, it it was it was really it was really hard, harder than I made it seem. But I got to thank my coaches for that. Now, Adrian, when you were were going through the draft process and talking to teams, did most teams see you as a cornerback? Did they see you as a safety, or was that versatility big for them, where they kind of saw you as an interchangeable piece that could play either position? They 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 liked the versatility. They liked the fact that I came in and I was raw at cornerback, but they also liked the fact that I had some some experience at the safety position. So I mean, yeah, the versatility really caught a lot of people's eyes, and 
I'm just glad I ended up in the Bay. Do you feel like you've been somewhat overlooked, and does that kind of add to the fire a little bit for you? Um, I, I, honestly, I don't really pay much attention to what goes on, like online with with like the ratings and stuff. But as a as a person and a player, I've always been overlooked. I've always been the person in the background, like. But I mean, it doesn't really matter. I've always played with a chip on my shoulder, and I've always worked as hard as I did. Like even when I didn't have anything, I work. I work like I don't have anything. I'm gonna continue to work like that, regardless of my situation, regardless of whatever I may may achieve and maintain and attain in this journey. In, 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 Adrian, in addition to what you can bring to the secondary, you're fast and you're physical. And as a rookie breaking in, you really have the ability, I think, to be to be a core special teams player right out of the box because of your style of play. Do you take pride in that part of your game too? And and do you think you're going to be able to stand out in the special teams department? Hundred uh, percent. Special teams has been like a really important, a really important aspect of my game in college. Like I at, at Texas, it was it was like my key role. Like I I was a part of the co- the core. The core special. I was a core special teams player, and like at one point, I was a core special teams captain. And I took pride in that. I mean, just going down on the field, making those plays, those big time plays, especially on the special teams, it's it just a change in momentum for the game. And like, anytime you can change the momentum, like regardless of whether it's defense or offense, special teams plays just as much as important as those two. And Al mentioned your speed a little bit, and you're you're a big guy for a corner. You're you're six foot two. 205 and that's what, that's what you're listed at and you ran two four four forties at your pro day which is really impressive given how how big of a defensive back you are do you consider yourself more of like a speed guy or more of like a physical guy um i would say both i mean with 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 my physicality it comes from the the speed that i attain coming at a player like coming at make a tackle to make a play. What were those times again? And, uh, four four. That's what it had. That's what it had it uh, listed at your pro day, the official times. Uh, you think you think you were a little faster? I, I think I did do a lot of, a lot faster. I, mean, I, got, <laughs> I got numbers from several from several. I got numbers from several different teams, but four four was not one of them. I did oh, see. Um, I did. Yeah, I did see Al. I saw a four two six as well, which which this was right after the draft that I looked it up, and which was just unbelievable for a guy that size. So is that is that a bit more accurate, Adrian? Four two six. Yeah, I, that, that that sounds about right. We'll go four two six. That's that's what we'll go with the official. So a- Adrian, we always ask this question, but it's so interesting for us to hear. When you got the call from the Forty ers where were you, and who did you talk to? Uh, I was on a boat. I took. I talked to Coach Kyle. I talked to John. I talked to Halfley. I talked to Coach Solid. I mean, I talked to everybody, and it was it was crazy, man. I mean, being so growing up, like thinking about that and dreaming about that, and the day you get drafted possibly and getting that call. I mean, it was a dream come true, man. I just like I'll never forget about that day, that feeling that I got in my stomach and just like my heart. You're cousins with Marquise Goodwin, right? Yes, sir. Okay, what did you did you when you got drafted by the Niners? Did did you talk to him? Like, what was the conversation like between you guys, knowing that you'd be playing together? Um, we we actually talked before, like like that day, like we we're talking 
like right after the fifth round, right after the fifth round, it went by. We he had called me, and I, I think I'm sure he knew that I was just like kind of frustrated and nervous about the whole process. But he was just telling me to just, just keep my cool, just, just just stick to it, keep the faith, and let let it be dealt with how it would be dealt with. At the end of the day, it was just like it's just a starting point. It doesn't matter where you start; it's how you finish. I mean, so I just stuck with that. At the end, after I got called, after I got the call, he called me again, and we and we talked, and he was just telling me how happy he was that that we were gonna be together, and that this is like exactly what he wanted to have me under his wing, and just to be, be able to to be for, be there for me and help me if I ever needed anything, like any as far as any advice or like what to do and what not to do in these types of situations. Because I mean, coming in as a rookie, a lot of people get lost in like. Get under the wrong, get under the wrong people. And I mean, I already know my family isn't gonna steer me in the wrong way. He's gonna help me every way he can to see me succeed. So, Adrian, who would you say is faster between you and Marquise? I mean, he ran he ran a pretty fast forty time at the combine as well, one of the fastest times ever. So, if you were to put you two in a foot race, who wins that foot race? I'm probably gonna trip him so I can win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, we we kind of talked about you playing playing safety at the U, going back to your college days a little bit, and you had two really big hitters alongside you in Corn Elder and Rayshon Jenkins. How much of their physicality kind of rub off on you? Oh man, it's I mean that whole group, me, Rayshon, uh, Corn, J Rock. I mean it was it we all we all fed off each other. Like when we seen somebody else get a big hit, we was like. I'm getting the next one. It's it's just like that that whole that whole group. I mean, it was just it was just like it was contagious. Just like seeing, seeing your seeing your guy seeing the guy next to you get a big hit, it just made you want to get an even bigger one. So I mean, it, I feel like it rubbed a lot. It rubbed off on me a lot. I mean, it really helped improve my game. And keeping with the the college team, you have a chance to play at two schools with a lot of recent success and a lot of history with regard to putting DBs into the NFL. So at you know Texas guys like Earl Thomas and Kenny Vaccaro, and at the U guys like Sean, the late Sean Taylor, Ed Reed, Antrell Roll, Kenny Phillips, Mike Rumpf, all these guys, you you kind of follow that lineage. How much does that help to know that so many guys from both of the schools that you played at were able to make it in this league? Man, it's, it, it's huge, man. Just just knowing like the history and like how far these these how far these guys and like what what teams that the team they played on like it it is it, it's it's big man i mean i love it i love the fact that i've been a part of two great universities that have had great history with defensive backs i mean it it, it made me want to it made me want to be great it made me work harder it made me focus more on what i was doing on the field and in the film room more than anything just to try to live up to what the history it already had had already written. Yeah, and when when I saw that the 49ers drafted you and that you were from the U, I, I mean, I was a big U fan growing up. I, you know, the Frank Gore, Ken Dorsey, Willis McGahee, all these guys, Clinton Portis. So I was I was super excited because to me, the U is the real DBU, right? Any any defensive back that comes out of the U, you know they're going to ball, right? Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's just it's just a it's just a grind, man. Like just. Just being at this school and like seeing seeing those guys on the wall 
Philip Buchanan, Mike Rump, Al Blaze, guys like that, Sean Taylor, and just knowing that you got that you on your chest and you got something to prove every day, even when you get to the next level, because you because re you represent a, a big, a small fraternity, but it's really big. It's small, but it's big because just to the just because of the people that have been in it. I mean, it's just different. It's different than coming from another school. Like, I mean, Texas is the same way, but, I mean, the U is kind of different. Adrian, can you tell us a little bit about how your skills fit into the 49ers defensive scheme, and have you been playing more corner or safety so far? Uh, I've been playing I play, I've been playing mostly corner. Like, the coaches, the coaches and the staff, they, they, like, they like me at corner, and, I mean, they just – they just like how I've came along since we've been out here. So I think they're going to keep me there until, who knows? I mean, I, li I like the spot. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very competitive spot. And I mean, that's what I like to do. I like to compete. So ha have you kind of reached out to um, any current or former 49ers to, to kind of get some guidance in terms of the lay of the land and what to expect from the team and, and what to expect just from an NFL training camp? I mean, uh, I mean, I've talked to a lot of coaches, a lot of coaches here, like since I've been back at Miami, and I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten a lot of uh, advice from just, just old old players at the U that that I've actually been training with. Like I was actually out with Artie Burns the other day, and he was just talking about just like what I needed to do going into camp and just and just how I needed to work while while I was here, but while I was back here in Miami, so. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a good thing just to have those type of people around us. And what what about Mike Rumpf? Um, I was listening to another podcast earlier this week that you mentioned that Mike Rumpf has kind of been a, a really good mentor for you as well. Oh, yeah. Coach Rumpf. Coach Rumpf has been a good mentor to me since, since I got here. Like, I mean, I immediately latched on to him when I got here, like, last summer just, just because I wanted to I wanted to learn more. And, I mean, I feel like as a DB, there's always more you can learn. and like, why not start with somebody that played the game at the, at, at the highest level possible, got drafted first round, balled out at the U, and I mean, I mean that's 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 just like the it was just like the perfect it was just like the perfect situation for me, just to learn and grow. And what are some parts of your game that you feel you need to work on at the next level to kind of to kind of make a big impact? Definitely, it's definitely technical. Like my footwork, definitely footwork at the line. I mean, coach, coach Halfley has been really good with me, and getting me right with that. And I feel like it's just on, it's just going to continue to grow and grow as as I continue to work with Coach Halfley and the staff. Now, Adrian, obviously you're playing against the uh, 49ers offense at, at practice. Who on that side of the ball has stuck out to you, where you said, "Wow, this guy's going to make a lot of plays for us this year." Honestly, uh, all those guys are really, really good. Like, I mean, I, I haven't seen anything like it. I mean, I know I haven't played on – I know this is my rookie year, but I've, but I've played against a lot of great players. And, I mean, that that whole offense is just, is just really good, man. I can't even single anyone out. And the if you look around the, the cornerback group, you a lot of us see that the one striking thing is the height. And Richard Robinson's over six feet tall – Akello is like six three. You are over six feet tall. Dante Johnson is is six foot three. So there's a ton of of size and height in that secondary. 
does it kind of help you adjust knowing that there are a lot of guys with the same build that are playing next to you? Oh yeah, without a doubt, man. Because I'm like when I was at Miami, I played with some short. I played, I played with, I played aside alongside Corn, who isn't that tall. But I mean, being here, being here in San Fran, I mean, everybody's like the same height, so like we can all like help each other. Like we all help each other. It's just like it's like a family. Like we're all trying to build each other up to be the best in order to make our team best the best. Adrian, we have a fan question. Um, this one comes from Mark, and he wants to know if if you could line up against one receiver, if there's one receiver in the league today that you just want to line up and get the opportunity to cover, who would it be? One receiver. Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, one receiver. I want to line up against AB, man. I mean, I admire AB. I like his work ethic, and I just, I just like his game. I just want to line up against him. Because he, he I, in my eyes, he the he, he one of the best in the league. So I mean, lining up against him would be real fun. And Adrian, I got I got to ask you this. Um, there's a commercial out there from Nike, and it features Russell Wilson, and it's the the hashtag is put him on skates, and they depict him kind of shredding through the the Forty ers defense uh, or what appears to be the Forty ers defense. And I noticed that uh, one of your fellow DBs, Jimmy Ward, kind of took notice of that. And have you have you kind of seen this? And, and what do you feel about that? I mean, to be honest, I haven't even seen it. I've heard about it. But, I mean, it is what it is. The only thing that matters is what happens on the game days. Nothing else really matters, to be honest. I mean, yeah, trash talking is cool and stuff. But, I mean, you can talk all you want. The only thing that matters is what happens when you put the pads on. All right, Adrian, before we let you go, we started doing a, sort of a rapid-fire segment at the, at the end of our shows with, with our guests. And, and this is just, you know, we know Adrian Colbert, the football player, but we want the fans to know a little bit about Adrian Colbert, the person. We started this with DJ Jones, and we did it with Lorenzo Jerome and, and Peter Tamiapenu. So we're going to do five or six rapid-fire questions and just tell us kind of the first thing that comes to your head. Does it sound good? All right, sounds good. All right, all right. What are some of your favorite movies? The movies that when you turn it on, no matter what part it's on, you're going to watch the whole thing. Life, The Wood, Transformers, Lion King, Step Brothers, and uh, Like Mike. Step Brothers is one of them. I can't get enough of Step Brothers. Which Transformers? Any of them? Or the first one? Uh, the first and the second one. Shia LaBeouf was like my favorite. Like yeah. favorite in the whole Transformers series. So when he got when he kind of left out, he kind of uh, opted out of continuing it. It kind of kind of rubbed me the wrong way. What about some of your favorite TV shows? Game of Thrones. That's it. Yeah, me too. That's it. You just do Game of Thrones. Two weeks, man. Two weeks, new season. I can't wait. Two weeks. I know, man. Hey, hey July sixteenth, man. July sixteenth. Winter is here. <laughs> 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 what about your favorite athlete current in the past? Just your favorite athlete of all time. Favorite athlete, Usain Bolt and LeBron James. Like one nice. Of those two. Nice. What about your favorite team growing up? Favorite team growing up, I honestly, I didn't have one until like 05. I started being like a Philly fan because Donovan McNabb, Brian Westbrook, P.O., Jeremy Macklin, Brian Dawkins, Lito Shepard, all those guys on that on that team is just like 
I loved it. And they used to always beat up on the Cowboys. My whole family was Cowboys. <laughs> All right. What about some of your favorite musical groups? Red Hot Chili Peppers, Drake, Metallica, Pain Smokers, Young Jeezy, Lil Boosie, uh, Young Thug. Uh, that's about it, really. You got a lot of Bay Area, a lot of Bay Area guys in there, a lot of California in there too. I like that repping the repping the West Coast. Hey man, Red Hot man, to the day I die. <laughs> Chili Peppers were the first band I ever saw live. Actually, I think I was like sixteen, maybe. They're really good. They're a good band. I was like, man, I was supposed to go on draft day, but yeah, things didn't go as planned. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what about your favorite food? What food can you not live without? Sushi. Oh, me too. What, what, what do you do? For, do you do rolls or do you do like sashimi? What do you do? Oh, rolls all the way. Like, yeah. I like the most exotic rolls. I like the ones that like the spicy mayo and they put like like strawberries or something on top of it. I, I like, like, like a dragon roll type thing? Like, yeah, like the dragon roll with, with shrimp tempura and all that. Man, I love sushi. I can eat sushi every day. Yeah, me too. Sushi and pizza are like my two my two favorite things in the world. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. Adrian, I got I got you with the food, man. Hit me up with the message and I got you with the Bay Area with the Bay Area Eats. Hey. Let me know. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> All right, Adrian, we really appreciate the time. Best of luck to you this season. We're all pulling for you and good luck in two thousand seventeen. I appreciate y'all for having me. And uh, well, thank y'all. Y'all have a good night. Thanks, Adrian. Thank you too. Good stuff there from, from Adrian Colbert. Fun to talk to him. I, I've had a ball talking to a lot of these rookies that we've had on recently. DJ Jones, Lorenzo Jerome, Pito Tommy Penu, um, Adrian Colbert. It's been fun to get to know these guys. They're new faces on the 49ers. I hope we're we're giving you guys a good insight um, of, of what they're all about, what they can bring to the team, and what they like. And He's going to be an interesting part of the secondary, Zane. And we mentioned before we're really going to get into this. The, the secondary is, is young, and there's a lot of talent there. It's probably as excited as fans and even myself has been about the group in a while. And to me, it starts with Richard Robinson. I, I think the 49ers have a legitimate number one corner with him. And I was looking at some of his numbers. Um, Pro Football Focus had him at a catch every 13.2 coverage snaps, a catch allowed every 13.2 coverage snaps, which was best among uh, the rookies. And he's getting a lot of praise from his coaches. John Lynch um, said pretty much what fans hope to hear is that he already looks like a number one cornerback. And Robert Salah said every rep to him is important. He doesn't care who's who he's going against. Um, he's got he's got a tremendous mindset when you got a guy like that because he's so focused. I'm, I'm paraphrasing him there. So just hearing that kind of praise for him, what what do you expect from Robinson this year? Do you expect growing pains, or do you think he's going to go out there and be a number one shutdown type corner? Um, from the from the day that Richard Robinson was drafted, and from the first time I saw him in person, um, actually move and and his ball skills at Keysar Day last year, I'm like, this guy's going to be a star. This guy, he has everything that you want in a shutdown corner, number one corner. He has the size, he has the length, he has the speed, he has the ball skills, and most importantly, he has the attitude that it takes to be a shutdown corner. So I, I have huge hopes for Rashad Robinson. He's one of my favorite 49ers right now, and, and I, I love his game. I love his aggressiveness. I love the way he plays. So I think he has not only the, the physical skills, but the intangibles. It's just a matter of 
kind of putting all of that together. And I, I really think being surrounded by a bunch of guys that are this, the same sort of length and height. And we talked about this a little bit with Adrian. It's beneficial to them all because you're not necessarily scheming to hide somebody's deficiencies. You're basically running the same scheme for all um, probably four of the top five corners because you look at Rashard Robinson, he's over six feet tall. And Akella Weatherspoon, who just drafted this year, is over six feet tall. Dante Johnson is over six feet tall. And obviously, Adrian is also over six feet tall as well. So it's going to be a much, much different group this year. You're going to see a lot of a lot of press man coverage. It's going to be a lot of single high safety. So they got – I hesitate to use this because there's he's one of the best corners in the game. But they, they got a bunch of guys with the same measurables as Richard Sherman. And that's kind of the vision that they have. And they're sticking to that vision. It, it's it's good to see them go into the season with a plan and getting guys that fit their system and fit their schemes. I don't know that that always happened over the past few years. I think it was more maybe the guy picking the players, getting the guys he wanted in, in sort of a square peg round hole thing, trying to fit it into whoever happened to be coaching the team that year. But all right, 10 cornerbacks on the roster right now, and four of them have never played in the NFL. And the only guys who have starts are Rashad, Rashad Robinson. He, he's got six. Dante Johnson has six. And Kwan Williams, um, who's in his first year in San Francisco, has 10. So other than that, there's no experience starting. Do you think we're going to get some growing pains? Or, or, or do you see this group coming together quickly? Yeah, of course. There's, there's always growing pains in the NFL, especially at the cornerback position, where the league is kind of designed to be offense friendly and passing friendly because they like points and they like people throwing it down the field and they like big plays. So there will definitely be growing pains, but this is a group that is really, they have a ton of potential because you look at their measurables and I, I pointed to the height a little bit earlier, but all these guys ran sub four, four forties, but I think Dante Johnson ran like a four five, but they're all pretty quick guys. And um, for the record, I want to, I want to say that, um, our dude Adrian Colbert ran a four two five forty that was unofficial. So um, for the four two five four two six that we had mentioned, NFL.com kind of gypped him. NFL.com has him at, has him at four four, but I'm going to say that he's faster than that. I'm going to give him the four two six. We'll give him the four two six. I like that. I like that. Now, yeah, yeah, we'll do. All right, so we got Richard Robinson, like we said, and then I, I think these are going to be the other guys who are going to be players in the competition. I think you got Keith Reiser. Now, he actually saw, I was surprised by this. He saw 351 snaps um, in 2016, which was the third most of the group at the time, um, which I thought was really interesting. So he, he's in the mix. Dante Johnson's in the mix. And those two guys are probably going to um, compete for that other side, the other side of Robinson. Then you have Witherspoon, like you said, who's a rookie. Will Redman, who's coming off an injury. Uh, Colbert, who's a rookie. And then Quan Williams, who who was a good player, and I think he's going to end up winning that nickel role. So those are probably, unless I'm totally overseeing anybody, the, the seven guys that you have there. Now, out of those seven guys, you want to take a guess how many career interceptions they have? Um, I'm going to say I'm going to say less than ten for sure. Way less say, than ten. I'm going to say five. Two. Wow. Two. Yeah. So Robinson had one. Dante Johnson had one, and, and, and no one else has an interception, unless I totally overlook something. Um, so that's really interesting. Another thing that's interesting to me is that you look at guys like Reezer, Dante Johnson, these guys are in the last years of their contract. So again, we go back to what we're talking about. I'm, I, I'm really interested to see, are the 49ers going to favor the guys they brought in? Somebody like a Williams. I know I think Williams is only one year deal too, but or an Adrian Colbert uh, Witherspoon, these guys that they want to develop 
over the guys who only have one year left on their contract. I'm really interested. We talked about that with the defensive line. If you have a guy like Carradine or or Aaron Lynch who have one year left on their deal and they make the team, are they going to lose playing time to guys that they that they want to groom? And that's going to be an interesting thing to look at with this group with this group as well. Um, but I think guys like Reeser and guys like Dante Johnson, even even though they're at the end of their contract, they ha- they have a big opportunity this year and. Dante Johnson didn't get a lot of playing time with the last coaching staff, and he's definitely going to get a chance this year. And and also, Will Redmond coming off that injury. You know, we've been talking so much about Robinson, but Will Redmond was taken around ahead of him. Do you think he can step up and really make an impact coming off that injury this year? Yeah, Will Redmond was kind of supposed to be what they brought Quan Williams in to do, and he was supposed to be a, a slot corner and a guy who can cover the shift year receivers. And unfortunately, he had that torn ACL in college, but he he was supposed to be that guy. And I think that the Players that make this team, no matter what position you look at all across the board, are going to be the most versatile players. And meaning they're going to be guys that are able to play either more than one position or contribute on special teams or things like that. You look at my favorite offseason pickups was Kyle Juszczyk, and he's just, they labeled him as offensive weapon because he's so versatile. So I think that same theme kind of will hold with the defense and the defensive backs. Guys like like Adrian, we keep mentioning, but you know he's incredibly versatile because he can play special teams and he can play backup safety and he can play corner. So I mean, guys like that are going to be really invaluable. And I think that, um, and I just want to mention that John Lynch, he came into the league. He was a special teams guy. He was a special teams com- contributor on the Buccaneers when he got drafted in 1993. He actually didn't start start any games until 1995. So he, the first two years of his career, he was just strictly a special teams guy. And he turned out, turned out to be, we all know how his career turned out, one of the best and hard, most hard-hitting safeties ever. So I feel like if anybody's able to evaluate this defensive back group, specifically safeties, obviously, but the entire defensive back group, I feel like it's, it's John Lynch. And he made, recently made the comparison of another one of our favorite guys, Lorenzo Jerome, to Rondé Barber. And what what do you think about that? Like, isn't it, I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy good. Like, that's great company to be in, right? Yeah, and and he just he talked about the instincts that Lorenzo has, and you know, we, we talked about this with Lorenzo. He's not the fastest guy in the room. He doesn't jump out at you athletically, but he just has instincts. He can just play. He's a football player. He could just play football. He's always making plays. And even again, I know it's just OTAs. I know they don't have pads on yet in minicamp, um, with no pads on yet, but. Even there, he's making plays. He's leading the teams in interceptions. I, I think he's going to force his way onto this team. I really do. And as we look at the safety position, Jimmy Ward, I'm excited about. I am. This is his natural position. Um, I, I think he's going to have a good year. This is the first year where the safeties will have distinct roles this year. So they're not interchangeable as they, as they, as they have been in the past. So Eric Reed's going to be a box strong safety and you're going to have Jimmy Ward on the back end sort of playing center field. And I think Ward is ready now. He only has two career interceptions at corner, but I can see him, you know, at least doubling that this year. So he's going to be, I, I think he'll be a legitimate starter. Now, can he stay healthy the whole year that we have to see who's going to back him up is going to be interesting. I, I found it interesting that they had Lorenzo Jerome playing slot cornerback at OTAs as well. And I think what that means is that they're trying to see what else he can do. They're trying to see how versatile Jerome can be. And special teams is going to be a big thing for him, too. I do see him forcing his way on this team over somebody like Don Jones, who who still could win the backup free safety position. But I would go with Jerome there. Now, in terms of the strong safety 
this is a big year for Eric Reed because again, another another guy in the last year of his contract, and I know he's excited to be in this scheme. Um, but we've kind of seen with him. He started out, you know, coming out coming out of college. He had four interceptions his first year. In 2013, he was an alternate in the Pro Bowl. 2014, he has three interceptions. The last two years, he only had one pick, and his play has slipped off. Now, the team around him has slipped off. But it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to play this year. And can he hold off uh, Jaquiski Tart? What do you think Tart's going to do this year? I actually have a lot of a lot of uh, respect for both of those guys, uh, Eric Reed and Jaquiski Tart. And uh, Eric Reed, he's he's such a cerebral player. Like he, when you listen to him give interviews and when you listen to him speak, he's he's a really intelligent guy, and that's exactly what you want out of your out of your strong safety. And he was kind of the quarterback of the, of the safe or the defensive backs the last, uh, the last few years. But I think he's, he mentioned earlier in the off season, just after the first session of OTAs that, you know, he was basically born to play in the box and that's where he's comfortable. So I, I think that in the last couple of years, he, he was kind of miscast and, and given the the overall drop off in, in talent on the rest of the team, it was uh, a lot of guys had to do a lot of heavy lifting that they weren't really anticipating or used to before so i really think that he's in for a bounce back year because he is probably playing somewhere that's more comfortable for him and i and i and i also think that jukowski tart would be great for that role as well that they envisioned a lot of cam chancellor when they dropped when they drafted jukowski tart and he kind of has he has a similar game he's a big hitter he's a short tackler he's he's great in run support and he's he can kind of patrol the middle of the field so if Eric Reed does decide to leave for greener pastures, there is a, there is a replacement there. And with regard to free safeties, like, uh, first of all, I want to say it's, it's really, really funny that Jimmy Ward noticed that, uh, noticed that Russell Wilson Nike commercial. I think that's awesome. I think that's why oh, I did see that. Yeah. Well, good. You know, little yeah. fire underneath him, you know, exactly. And and that's the, the prevailing thought I have from, from a, a lot of rookies that we've talked to and, and just in general, that these guys have, have a fire lit under them. And this is going to be a team that's going to, surprise a lot of people maybe not this year but definitely next year when they have uh you know the longer term solution with with quarterback but getting back onto under the dbs i think that jimmy ward is is much better as a free safety than he is as a corner i think that this is his natural position he's a better center fielder and he's going to make some plays he's going to pl- basically play the role of earl thomas so the defensive backfield is one of those positions that i'm feeling pretty good about it's i'm not really worried about it what about you I don't know that I'm worried, and I I do want to throw one name more name out there before I answer that answer that question is is Chancellor James who's gotten a lot of publicity, and I honestly don't know much about him, but there's been a lot written about him that that he's been all over the place back there. Um, he's another undrafted free agent. He's another guy who could maybe force his way onto this roster. So it's interesting in, in the sense that I don't remember uh, thinking back years and years i don't remember any team that had as many undrafted free agents that i'm as excited about as this team does with um james with lorenzo jerome with Cole Catini. it's it's going to be really really interesting to see how that plays out with those guys because the the state of the niners roster these guys have a legitimate chance to make the team there's a lot of guys at the last year of their deals who haven't panned out who are with the old regime and, and these guys have a legitimate chance but to answer your question i i don't I'm hopeful for this group. I, I see talent in this group. I really do. They're young, again, young, 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 unproven. We just there's going to be growing pains. There's absolutely going to be. And if they the Niners struggle up front with a pass rush, they're going to get exposed at times. They really are. So 
it'll be we'll have to wait and see how guys like Rashard Robinson. Yeah, he had a great rookie season, but he's the he's the man now. So is he going to be able to hold up against some of the best receivers in the league? And is Dante Johnson going to step up? Can Keith Reeser step up? Is Witherspoon going to need a few years or, or can he contribute right away? What are you going to get out of Will Redmond, if anything? Can Adrian Colbert step in and, and, and be somebody who can, if he doesn't stand out in special teams, can he get any reps? Can Quan Williams be a solid starter like like he looks like he could be? And with the safeties, I, I don't think there's any question with the talent they have there. I think Ward will perform. I think Eric Reed will perform. Can these guys stay on the field is the question. And if not, some of these undrafted free agents that we're t- talking about, James and Jerome, may get an opportunity as well as Tart. Yeah, and, and I, I share your sentiment about the talent that's been brought in with both the draft and undrafted free agents. And I, I, I agree. I don't remember any offseason, at least recently, that I've been this excited about the guys who are undrafted. Because if you look at the way they've performed, not only in college, but also what they've done in, in camp so far, it, you hear, you're actually hearing about more about undrafted free agents and rookies than you are about veterans, which is really encouraging to me. And you're getting guys like, like Cole Higatini, who's who's really versatile and can can stretch the field a little bit and can also be a red zone threat. And you're getting a guy like Lorenzo Jerome, who who has the versatility to play a slot corner, but also play safety. And you're getting a guy like like Adrian Colbert, who ran like a a, a sub four three forty, which is blazing fast at six foot two. So you're getting guys with these superlatives that that you usually get out of guys that are drafted, like a tallest corner, fastest um, fastest safety, things like that. So you're not necessarily getting a bunch of project guys that won't contribute at all. You're getting guys that have like in baseball, we call it five tools, right? You're getting a guy who has a couple of tools already. And usually I'm not used to seeing that from the 49ers. Usually they, they, they pick up projects and guys that you haven't really heard of, but some of these guys, I, I think they're pretty good. They're they're They stick out to you. They stick out at practice, whether they stick out when they're measurables. Like you said, whether it's speed, whether it's how hard they hit or a guy like Jerome, where just his intangibles are incredible. They did an excellent job of identifying after the draft guys that can still come in and contribute. They really, really did. And you look at, it might have been Todd McShay, some of the top free undrafted free agents. The Niners got most of them out of the top five. You know, it was Jerome. It was Katini. Um it was this receiver whose name escapes me right now, um, Katie Cannon, um, who ended up getting cut. But still, he, he was somebody who was really well thought of, and the Niners identified him and w- went out and got him. So you can see that they have a plan there, and you can see that they identified people that were going to fit in their system, and, and they went out and got them. And it was attractive for those guys. The 49ers were an attractive spot for those guys because of the state of the roster. And they knew going in, you know, they have a legitimate shot to make that team as opposed to a team like the Patriots or the Packers or, you know, those ready-to-win teams now. The Niners are building, and it, and it was an attractive spot for those undrafted free agents. And, and, and I do think, I think for sure, I really do believe Jerome and Nicotini are going to make the team. And I, I think James has a good chance, too, when you may see somebody like Matt Breeder or somebody like that sneak in, there, sneak in as well. So it's going to be um, quite a sight to see how this plays out, and preseason is going to be fun. Yeah, well, and it's a lot of these guys. They're going to, I think, try to stash on the practice squad as well. They that the only problem is on the practice squad. Other teams can they can sign your players. So I'm hoping that these guys can actually make the 53. The guys that you mentioned, uh, Hikatimi, Jerome, and uh, even Matt Breida as well. I hope they can make it, and I hope they make it to the 53. But uh, I think 
there for sure is a spot for them at, at the very least on the practice squad. And I think it's it's more of a testament to the the amount of young talent that's on the team. It's a really young team this year, obviously with so much of the roster being flipped for younger players and, and rookies and undrafted free agents. So it's going to be a much younger team this year. So the level of competition will be up and you'll see a lot of rookies getting a lot of reps, especially in the preseason. And uh, speaking of rookies, I don't know if you heard this, but Solomon Thomas went to the Von Miller pass rush camp and he was just, he was just there yesterday. Actually Von Miller had had a camp for various pass rushers around the league and he held it at Stanford. So from the 49ers, it was Solomon Thomas, Eric Armstead, and actually Trent Brown actually went too. And what are your thoughts on that? What do you feel? Uh, what do you feel about that? I, I like it. And from what I've heard of him so far, and you know, with the Thomas pick, I don't want to knock him as a player. So I think he's gonna be a very good player. I, I questioned the value where they took him. And I, I like guys like Ruben Foster better and they ended up getting Ruben Foster. So great. You know, it ended up working out, but everything that he's done in terms of seeking out advice from, I think it was DeMarcus Ware um, doing the, this camp now, everything he's done shows that he's dedicated, that he's somebody who's, you know, a football first type guy. And from what I've read and seen of him, he's, he's an impressive, hardworking individual, and that's all you can ask for. It really is that a guy is going to come in and, and punch the clock and go to work every day, and he seems like that type of dude. He seems um, he like he like him and also Ruben Foster, like those two guys. They're they're going to be cornerstones of the defense, and the future is bright. Again, we still have to go out and, and see how it happens this season, and they got to go between the lines, and, and and they have to play. But so far, to me everyone's doing and saying the right things and, and, and that's a good sign. Yeah. And, and like yourself, I was, I was kind of a little bit, uh, I would say, I wouldn't say I hated the pick. I was just a little bit critical of it um, when the 49ers made it. And it's not a knock again against Solomon Thomas. It was just, it was literally just a value thing, but now that he's on the team and now that, and I support all 49ers once they're on the team, I support every single one of these guys and I hope I wish them health and success and, and all of those things. But now that Solomon Thomas is is actually getting into learning the pro game and things like that, there's there's nothing better that you can do than to seek out Hall of Famers and the best in the game. And he he was just actually training with Warren Sapp this this week earlier this week. He, he was it was on his uh it was on his Instagram and the, there was just a video of of him training with Warren and and to seek out a Hall of Fame defensive tackle and Warren Sapp and, and try to learn pass rush moves for, from him and, and to talk to DeMarcus Ware and, and to go see Von Miller and some of the other elite pass rushers in the league. It's he's, he's doing all of the right things because obviously he can't go into uh, OTAs or, or mini camp or anything like that because Stanford's academic year is actually now just about over, but he's doing and saying all of the right things. And that's very impressive to me because he's starting off on the right foot. He, he seems like a, a really hard worker. He seems like a really good guy. And, you know, I, the more I see from him, the more I like him. And I think I really, really think that the future is bright for him. And and I think, I know it's early to say, but I think I was wrong about that pick. I, I think come in two or three years, I think I'm going to be really, really happy that we picked him. He's going to be a player. He is, for sure. <laughs> um, smart guy, hardworking, all, all the things that you said. And we probably are going to look back at some of the things we said on, on one of our initial podcasts when we did the mock draft, and we're just going to look like idiots, probably. So, what are you going to do? Oh, just, no, you just, don't have to look. You don't have to look back at the <laughs> podcast to make me look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, we probably, we probably do a pretty good job of that daily. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's all good. It's all good. Well, Zane, another one in the books, buddy. Um, 
It's fun as always. We want to thank Adrian Colbert for coming on the show. I want to thank the fans for listening. You could follow uh, me on Twitter. It's at LSACO49. And follow Zane on Twitter at Zane49ers. You can and find our show. Now. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, one more thing. So um, I just want to wish everybody a happy 4th of July. It is uh, the 4th of July. I want to say it's a long weekend because some people take Monday off too. But everybody out there, please, please, please be safe. If you're using fireworks, please be safe. Every year there's tons of fireworks accidents, people ending up in emergency rooms, people blowing off limbs. Please don't let that be you. Enjoy your time responsibly. And to everybody, have a safe 4th of July. Just go watch fireworks. Don't don't set them off anywhere, yeah. anywhere near yeah. you. Exactly. Just, I, I'm sure around wherever you live in your community, there's like a fireworks display. Just go and watch it. Don't set them off. Yep. Advice from your Uncle Al. That's what it is. Don't light anything and blow it up in front of you. <laughs> That's like the parent in you talking. <laughs> it's, it, it is. It is. Don't blow it up. So, yeah. <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't even know. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys.